the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's some groups that all they want to preach is baptism. He said, I did not come preaching baptism, but the gospel. Very interesting. The water baptism is not a part of the gospel. You don't get saved by water baptism. You just get wet. The gospel includes no water. I came to preach Christ, and it stumbles the Jews. A scandalon. And it makes the Gentiles say, how stupid can you get to think you can save somebody by killing somebody? You can't. This is impossible. Paul said, I will know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. 4.0 students, CEOs, company owners, athletes. We all have something to boast about. But what does Paul tell us to boast about? We'll talk about that next. No matter what station in life you occupy, no matter how famous or unfamous you are, there is always something to boast about. But the Bible is quite clear. At the end of the day, there should be one boast and towards one person. Our only boast, the cross of Christ. Welcome to Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to Galatians chapter 6 today, verses 11 through 16. It's there that we catch up with Pastor Phil as we take a look at the only boast you and I really have. Turn, if you will, to Galatians chapter 6. Coming to the close of this book. What a book. Sometimes you feel like an idiot that is taking you so long to preach some books of the Bible. I ask, where have I been all my life to be able to look at this marvelous, marvelous book? Um, Christ and the cross are only boast. We're going to speak upon these great words of Paul, and we're going to build on it. Verse 14 May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Three crucifixions. Christ crucified, the world crucified, and me crucified. For when you come to love and adore the Christ of the cross... This world and all of its appeals and pleasures and dictates to you will have been killed. As Paul said, I seek that I may gain Christ. Everything else is rubbish. And then he said, he himself has died. He no longer is a fit candidate to dictate to about sin. The only one that gets to talk to him and get him to obey is Christ. For he's alive only to Christ but dead to the world and to sin. 
He constantly is mortifying his flesh that he might live to Christ. Romans 6 to chapter 8. Let us pick up verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Scholars have had a field day with this. Some think it's because of his bad eyes. But others, like J.B. Phillips, not rather J.B. Lightfoot, uh, the more emphasis is they didn't have yellow highlighters. So Paul takes the scribe's pen and he writes in large letters, pushes down heavy with the quill so that they're wide. He wants to underscore the ideas emphasized. He restates and recapitulates the argument of the book. Two things he's going to do. Let me tell you once again what I think of the Judaizers, those who may be Jewish Christians or not, that are telling you Christ is not enough and are coming among you and are confusing you about the gospel. I want to tell you what I think of them. And then he's going to restate over and over, let me tell you what I've banked my whole life on, and that is Christ and his cross word. So then he goes on, those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. We'd call it a new birth. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, this canon that I'm teaching you. The cross only saves is the rule, he's saying, even to the Israel of God, lest I not get back to the Israel of God. The term Israel is used 65 times in the New Testament, and it never refers to anybody but ethnic Jews. But Paul has taken it beyond. This is not a name for the church. The church has not become the new Israel of God. The church is composed of two groups, Jews and Gentiles. Paul has said the true Jew is no longer ethnically related only to Abraham. Romans 9, he expounds it. The true Jew, the true Israel of God, the true prince of God that prevails with God are those who have followed this rule I've taught in Galatians. They're not trusting circumcision. They're trusting in Messiah alone. They're trusting in Christ alone. And they are the completed Jew. As you hear Jewish people, I'm a completed Jew. Uh, you must always know that. We don't ask any ethnic group to give up their ethnicity to be a Christian. If I become a Christian, will I still be a Jew? Well, were you born as one of the children of Abraham physically? Yeah, you're still a Jew. You're still Italian. You're still Irish. Some of you wish you could change your ethnicity, but you're stuck. You're still that physically. But Paul speaking to those who were claiming ethnicity as privilege, 
the fall of the Jewish people has been their privilege became their pride, and their pride became their removal. They became too proud to think that they needed a Messiah that needed to die for them. Because all you need is to be related to Abraham. And Paul is saying over and over, even the Gentiles are related to Abraham through faith. Chapter 3. So he's saying, let me tell you three things about the Judaizers. Number one, their message. Their message is, according to Acts 15 in this epistle, you cannot be saved as Gentiles without being circumcised. This is another gospel. It's anathema. I must say, beware of any messianic movement that says you've got to become Jewish to be Christian. And don't say Jews, you've got to be Gentiles to be. You must come to Christ. I don't have to learn the Torah. I don't have to observe Jewish rituals and festivals. I enjoy Jewish people. They're wonderful. But they're lost without Christ. And we're doing them a disfavor to think that their religion saves. Judaism without Messiah is bankrupt. And that's present-day Judaism. No Messiah. And you've got these renegade Jewish people being saved, being persecuted by their own people because they say, we're not trusting Torah, we're not trusting circumcision, we're not trusting our Jewishness to get us to heaven, we're trusting Christ alone. And they bear persecution for it. It's offensive. It still stumbles the Jewish people. I was with Jews for Jesus in New York City The rabbis were livid, mad on TV every night, denouncing Jews for Jesus. Susan Perlman, Dave Brickner, we hate what you're doing. You're telling the Jewish people we're not going to heaven without Messiah. Right, we are. That offends us. Because the Messiah you're talking about paid a trip to the cross. He's not yet riding on the stallion. So he says the message of the Judaizers is another gospel, a false gospel. I'm sorry to say as a Gentile Christian, I've heard much of the same gospel in churches. You've got to do something besides Jesus and the cross to make it to heaven. It's anathema even when the Protestants are saying it. It's Christ alone, through faith alone, that saves. Jew and Gentile. Christ alone. Faith alone. Then, Paul exposes, and I don't want to spend much time here, their motives. He said the motives behind these Judaizers is they want to uh, make a good impression. Uh, They want to uh, look good after the flesh and to get along with their Jewish zealots. And there was a zealot party there in Jerusalem that were fighting the Roman government. And many of them would die at Masada, resisting the Roman government. And he said, there's these Judaizers among you are trying to win statistics, saying we're gaining Gentiles and adding them as proselytes to Judaism. And so they're out to make a great impression on the home church in Jerusalem where they finally killed James, the Jewish elder pastor of Jerusalem. And he says, they not only do that, they're inserting circumcision in Jewish requirements because they want to avoid the persecution that comes with preaching a crucified Messiah. 
They don't want Isaiah 53 Messiah. They want a Messiah that never had to suffer this way. And he said, they're seeking to void any identity with the cross. Get, get away from that. that. Because according to 1 Corinthians, it was scandalous to the Jew, and it was stupidity to the Gentiles to even see the cross. We have glamorized the cross after 1,900 years. We wear it around our neck. We put it in front of our churches. Did you know that Roman people did not even use the word cross, the Latin word crux? They didn't even use it. They called it the unlucky tree. They developed a euphemism for it. They would not, in polite company, say the cross. Because the cross referred to the blood, the gore, the screams, bodily waste flowing out of prisoners, tongues, parts, vultures coming and visiting the trees. It was the most despicable thing in the culture of both the Gentiles and the Jews. And here you've got this converted Jewish rabbi who says, when I come to you, I always start with the cross. I don't preach baptism. There's some groups that all they want to preach is baptism. He said, I did not come preaching baptism, but the gospel. Very interesting. The water baptism is not a part of the gospel. You don't get saved by water baptism. You just get wet. The gospel includes no water. I came to preach Christ, and it stumbles the Jews. A scandalon. And it makes the Gentiles say, how stupid can you get to think you can save somebody by killing somebody? You can't. This is impossible. Paul said, I will know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. And I don't care what it does to the culture. Because to us who are being saved, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For I've been saved through the foolishness of the cross and the strength of the cross. For the cross alone is what made the shackles of your sin break. It wasn't a therapy session. It wasn't a clinical therapy. It wasn't a counselor. It wasn't philosophy. It wasn't psychology. It was the work done on the cross that breaks the fetters of sin. That's what I preach. That's what I preach. The cross sets men free. You will never... You could take redeeming relationships next week and be as bound in fighting together as before until you meet Christ. You'll hear nice stuff. You'll hear what some Christian men have figured out, but there's no power in the principles. The power is in Christ and the Spirit, and this is the way of wisdom. They're only showing you a path of how to do it, but you must, you must, some way, make an appointment with the cross, or else it will be some more rules you can't keep, because you'll turn everything into a rule because you think you can keep it. Now, Paul says... Uh, I want to talk to you about what I glory in. Uh, It's an exclusive boast. I will glory in nothing except the cross of Christ. Now, there's three things Jeremiah says people love to brag about. It's the three main boasts of life. These categories. People love to brag about how much money they got. They love it. 
And beware of people about money. Proverbs says one man acts poor and is rich, and another acts rich and is poor. We play all kinds of games with money. But we love, we get our worth. We, we feel like somebody. You never refer to your folks if they were poor. You love to refer to them if they had it made. It's status. Two, we love wisdom. Not God, divine wisdom. He said, let not a man boast of his wisdom. You love to be around with people that have all the answers. It's wonderful to get away from the dummies and get with somebody that knows more than you. It's just, it is a treat. And guess what men boast in? I'm smarter than you. I've got a greater IQ than you. And I've got a better GPA than you. So therefore, I'm better than you. They love it. And then the third category is strength. I'm stronger than you. I can whip you. I may be a small man, but I carry a gun. I've got weapons called equalizers. Because I want to know that I've got the power. I've got the strength. So Jeremiah said, let not a man boast in his wealth, boast in his wisdom, boast in his strength. But let him who boasts, boast that he knows the Lord. That God would reveal himself as Jeremiah 9. Now, I think of Paul, of all the things Paul could boast about. Why the cross? First of all, he could have boasted about his conversion. If you and I had been converted like him, that's all we'd ever get out of each other. You should have been the other day I was knocked off the donkey. She should have been the other day that the sun shone so bright, the glory of God, the kavod, the shekinah was so bright around me, you could not even see the sun. It outshined the sun. God talked to me audibly and verbally in the incarnate glorified sun. That's how I got saved. How did you get saved? Oh, I just got saved in junior church. I was just five years old and turned from crime to Christ. Well, you mean you didn't see a light? Nope. You mean you weren't knocked off the donkey? No, I was the donkey. <laughs> see, he could talk all day. We would have wrote at least a thousand different books on a guy that got saved that way. He only told that testimony before Agrippa, Festus. He told it three times. The, the incident happened in Acts 9, and he tells it before two Gentile kings to give him his testimony. That's all you hear about his testimony. He could have uh, bragged on his pedigree, Philippians 3. I am a rabbi. One of the most esteemed positions among my people. Dummies don't become rabbis. Brilliant men. Linguist, theological, grew up on midrash, grew up on debating, I mean, causatry, law. To be a rabbi, it was the epitome in the Jewish community of brilliance because you went to the synagogue for brilliance, not to the university. It was in the rabbis. I was a rabbi. I was a Pharisee, the, the right-wing holy party uh, that had not sold out like the Sadducees to the Herodians. We were the, both loyalists to Israel and holiness people. We were devout. 
circumcised. I have all the credentials to brag on. But he said, you'll never hear me brag on my credentials, for I just threw them all in the trash can. I said, getting Christ alone for me, I don't even want to dirty the room up talking about my great accomplishments or my pedigree. Well, you ought to be able to brag about your sufferings. He said, I did, but I got the permission of a fool. Second Corinthians 11, he began to tell them, I was shipwrecked three times. I was beat of the Jews five times, 39 strikes. And he enumerates everything. And then he finally gets towards the end, and he feels rebuked. He says, oh, please forgive me. I'm talking like a fool. I'm talking too much about myself. But I just want to let you know, I really believe what I'm preaching. And this is what I suffered. And you listen to fools a little bit, so listen to me a little bit. If any of you had suffered that much for Christ, we'd have you speaking in this church at least every other Sunday so we can see what a martyr looks like. Paul said, I do not come into town showing you my list of sufferings. I did that for a momentary bit of folly that the Spirit of God wanted recorded. Ah, I know what you ought to brag on. You, Paul, know more about God than any other man on the earth for the last 1,900 years, for you were caught up into the third heaven. Not one of the apostles ever had this. Uh, Augustine didn't have it. Luther didn't have it. Calvin didn't have it. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman didn't have it. Benny Hinn hasn't had it. You were caught up into the third heaven. You saw things so great that God revealed to you that he wouldn't even let you write it for the church. No other man in the Christian era was brought into the throne room of God to be talked to except Paul, who was caught up to paradise. Whether in the body or not, I don't know, but such a man talked to me. The most we can do is say, well, we earned our degree. Oh, throw up. You barely pass Hebrew. When this guy comes in, he knows. He didn't have Dr. So-and-so teach him. Dr. Jesus taught him in the third heaven. And he taught him out in Arabia. And he knocked him off that mule. What a man. Now, he said, let me tell you what I boast in. Ah, I know what he's going to boast in. The miracles that Jesus did. He said, you you won't ever catch me boasting in these miracles. I don't even hardly talk about them. That's what all these Pentecostal faith healers talk about all the time. Jesus and healing. The miracles. That's where it's at. Oh. Well, what are you going to talk about? Oh, his second coming. You mean you're not going to talk about that all the time? Oh, I wrote 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2. I know what's going to happen, but that's not what I boast in. Well, you must boast when he reigns, because then, baby, we're going to be sitting on a throne with him. We're going to be in charge. I don't boast about that. Well, what in the world do you boast about? The most hideous thing that ever happened to God, the darkest day in history, the cruelest rejection by God and men, when I boast I always go outside the walls of Jerusalem and sit at the foot of the cross. There's my boast and my glory right there at the cross. That's what I boast in. 
Why would you do such a thing? Because he knew what the cross meant. The cross was shorthand for the work of God the Son on the cross in God's will. And once again, we've come to the end of our time together here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we lock things up for another day of broadcasting, we do so with a a way to contact us here at Truth For Today. If you have a question, a prayer request, comment, we would love to pray for you. If you have a praise report about how the program is encouraging you in Christ, we'd love to hear that as well. A couple of ways to reach out to us. The easiest, of course, our phone number, 855-833-9864, or our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, you have another way to reach out to us, and that is, especially if you have a question or a praise report, that you would like Pastor Phil to answer. Well, simply take your voice memo app on that smartphone of yours, record your question along with who you are and where you're calling from, and then email that bit of audio to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, the email address is tftquestions at valleybible.org. So email that to us. We'll run it by Pastor Phil. And should we use it on the radio, we'll even let you know when. And as always, you can again reach out to us at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. You can also write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you partner with us financially, bear in mind that we are able to continue this radio ministry through you doing just that, joining other friends and family members of this ministry to ensure that this program continues its ministry in the greater Bay Area. Please consider that as you reach out to us, and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.